Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to the Red Men Radio, episode number 50. Paul's off this week, so I'm joined by the man, the myth, the legend, one Stay Thanks. I don't know if I can live up to that feeling, but I'll do my I'm best. sure you can, Steve. I'm sure you can. I'm, um, I'm, I'm one of those three things. You're a myth, yeah. Uh, okay, so we're going to go into kickoff question first and foremost. Then uh, we're doing news and brief. We're talking about Watford. We're talking about Andy Robertson and Didi, Mo Salah. Um, Liverpool versus Manchester City in the Champions League are big topic. Uh, topic two is Liverpool will not sell Mo Salah. But the kickoff question this week comes from at Silk on a Stick on Twitter, Seamus Keats. If you could make a five-a-side team film for your favourite movie characters, who would you put in each position and why? I'll throw this one to you, Steele. Uh, yeah, so in goal, I've gone for the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man off Ghostbusters. Oh, fuck off. I've gone for him as well. Are you kidding me? <laughs> really? Yeah, absolutely, look. Oh, they... I mean, there's going to be no room on the pitch. We've got two stay puff, giant stay puff. I thought I was having you right off there with that one. I thought, I, I thought, who's the biggest blob <laughs> I can think of on, on one of my best films? I love Ghostbusters and I love the stay puff part. All right, then, well, I mean, we both can't have them, so we're going to have to... No, know. we can both have them. It, it, it's, we make the rules. I make the rules for okay. this one. Yeah, was, uh, I mean, it's no-nil. It's, except, right back for me, Egon Spengler. Go on. Well, I've gone for... <laughs> because you can just, you know... Put your man into his little machine and just have off with you, and then you've got no goalkeeper. Uh, uh. I've gone in defence, Danny Meehan, who you might not know. No, I do not know who that is. Well, Danny Meehan is in. Have you heard of Me Machine? Yeah, film? it's Vinnie Jones. Okay, so he's going to boot you off the pitch. Okay, so as, as you try and vanquish my goalie, Vinnie Jones just come and kick him. Okay, I only added. I I, I added Egon Spengler. <laughs> he's not part of my team, but it would be a good shout out knowing that you're coming up against the same. No, I haven't said that. Surely vanquishing my goal is a red card. No. No. No, it, I don't think so. I'm not hurting him in any way, shape or form. I'm yeah. just going to put him in a corner of the pitch that you can't get to his goal. I mean, that, that's got to be unsportsmanlike conduct, that worst. Surely it's obstruction. Right, well, listen, <laughs> we're living in a world where the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man's a real thing. Yeah. We can accept that this game of football is, you know, Vinnie Jones is a red card waiting to happen in, in and of himself. Uh, I've gone for Tony Montana from Scarface. With or without the gun? With the gun, of course. Well, that's, that's terrifying. With the, exactly. <laughs> you can have Vinnie Jones. I've got Tony Montana, yeah. mate. Surely he would fail the post-drug test. Probably. <laughs> but there's no drugs test in this five side. Oh, really? Okay, then. Uh, so we're laughing there. So so far, I'm battering, yeah. yeah. Uh, who's your next player? Uh, midfield. I've got for Jason Bourne. Now, I, I think Jason Bourne is the hardest movie character in the world ever in terms of no special powers. He doesn't need weapons or anything. He's just dead hard. Like if you said, like put all the put all the movie characters in the world in a big fight, you can't use any special powers and there's no weapons. 
born, I think, would ultimately end up winning that fight. He's got a good engine. I've seen him run loads in them films. Yeah, he does. He, and he can, you know, vault rooms. He, oh, yeah, he, I mean, he, he, he bursts through Paris. <laughs> so I can imagine him just breaking the lines as well. <laughs> so I, I, I think I think Bourne is, is going to run rings okay, around Okay, my next guy comes from Goodfellas. It's Joe Pesci's character, Tommy. Okay. Um, armed with a pen um, and, a, a, you know, his shoe or something like that. I mean, this guy's a violent person. He's very violent. He's not funny. Don't don't accuse him of being funny. Um, he, I mean, but he's I, my enforcer in the middle of the park. If I need another one, he's a bit little. Yeah, but that's what I like about him. No one sees it coming. Little Terry, like he, he is. That's it, like Joe Allen, if you will. <laughs> a, little, <laughs> a little Leon Britton, right? Okay, my my next player is a guy called Corporal Lewis Fernandez. Sounds terrible at football. Have you seen Escape to Victory? No, it's Pele. Okay, sounds. He's boss. He's pretty decent. He scores no overheads. Class. Yeah. Okay, I can see that. So is he? You've basically got Pele. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, I mean, it's a good shout. I'm not going to argue with it. It sounds like a good one. Apparently, he was good at footy. And he, yeah. You know. Okay. Well, I've got, I'm gonna. You've got Pele, and my next two picks are gonna go. I'm gonna go psychological warfare on you. Okay. I'm gonna. Is go, it Viagra? No. I'm gonna. Go, I'm gonna go Cobb. Do you know who Cobb is? I don't explain. A certain yeah. little film called Inception. Oh, you're going to get in your head. I'm going to get in your head. I'm going to get Pele in your head and make him think that he's on my team. Oh, oh just, <laughs> right, so. just, 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 just plant dreams of like having an erection as head and, he, and just ruin his life. <laughs> and I'll give you my last pick. It's Scarecrow from Batman Begins. Yeah, terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. So your your players aren't going to know what's going on because they you know they're going to be in some mad wild dream and, and then I'm going to incept them. See, to my, make them my striker was the, my me. striker was the lad from goal. Yeah, I don't think they're going to hold up against my psychological warfare in this game. I think if the ref if you've got a hard but firm ref, I've got a chance. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, he's, he lays down the, the, the law early with an early yellow for when you put me goalie in the corner. Yeah. But if he lets Joe Pesci stab someone with a pen <laughs> early doors, then I'm in trouble, aren't I? Yeah. Yeah. Who did you get? Did you pick a manager? I didn't pick a manager. I've no. gone for Tony Damato from um, any given Sunday. Just for, a, just for a, speech. A, another Al Pacino character, he's in my side twice, once as the manager and once in the team. He's going to be giving the team talk. I mean, if you're down two and a half time. <laughs> You, you get he's in, the guy. He's the one you want. Yeah, he's right. the guy. Manager-wise, you know what? Have you on Escape to Victory again? I quite like that Sylvester Sloan character in goal, and he knows nothing about footy. I don't want him. I want the lad who's willing to break his own arm so that Sylvester Sloan can go and goal. If you're willing to break your own arm for the team, that's an inspirational figure for you, isn't it? So you say, listen, lads, or you, you there, you worry about getting stabbed with a pen? Just broke my arm, pal. <laughs> To, to, so that he's not in the team, so that he's not getting stabbed with a pen, so that he next man up. Well, he he, he broke his arm on pit because he must let Sylvester Stallone play, so he could escape. He, he broke his own arm. If you're willing to do that for your team, I think you know that's inspirational. You've got inspirational speeches. I've got a man of action. Yeah. You know, Tony um, Al Pacino can chat all he wants until he breaks his own arm for the good of the team. I don't think he's a good. As I, either. I'm going to instruct Tony Montana to just shoot that guy. Um, okay, so we're going to go into That's a the straight red, surely. No, no, it's not in the rules of the game. I need clean. I need clean. I need clean. Show me the official FA rules of the game where shooting someone isn't allowed. I mean, surely it's unsportsmanlike conduct. That waste. You're after. You're after Craig. Uh, what's okay, Craig Porson as ref who lets you get away with murder. I'm after like John Moss who sends you off for anything. <laughs> okay. I, think the, I think that's what I'm after. I'm going to incept. Um, John Moss and make him think he's Porson. Okay, so we're going to go into the news in brief. Steve, we did, yeah. We snotted Watford 
at the weekend. Yeah. It was a good day. Saturday was a good day to be a Liverpool fan. It was, yeah. I mean, it was, uh, people who don't know this, who didn't go or what, it was absolutely freezing cold and the conditions were terrible. And when you see, when I saw that, you know, the blizzard and the snow, I thought, well, if I might be up for this, you know, I fancy, you know, dogging it out a bit. It's almost, you know, can you do it on the cold wet Wednesday in Stoke? Well, can you do it on the cold Saturday when it's snowing at Anfield? Um, and Liverpool did. They stood up to everything, just outplayed them completely. Um, what I would say, Waffle's defence, I thought between 1-0 and 2-0, Waffle were actually quite good and we we weren't brilliant. But what we've got in our team, we've got lads who, who create magic moments mm. and we created like seven, eight, nine of those and we scored, you know, we scored, excuse me, five of them. And you just think, that must be so difficult because I, I, if I'm Waffle between 1 and 2, I'd been quite happy with how we were playing. We weren't really creating too many chances, but they were in the game and they were forcing errors. But then Liverpool just create two two absolute moments from absolutely nowhere. You know, Mo Salah obviously at the beginning, and then right at the end when uh, he gets on the end of the cross, it, it's just like you can't stop that. And I just think it must be really, really disheartening as a team to because you can. Watford probably thought they played all right that game, and they got be five nil. They probably thought you know what we defended pretty good. We kept them fair. We kept them where we wanted. We limited Mo Salah to four shots on goal. <laughs> Normally Mo Salah scores one in four, he scored four in four yeah. in this game yeah. and that Liverpool side for me, the way that we, we're managing to sort of control the ebb and the flow of games now as well and you know, we sort of sit in for five minutes then we break with a ridiculous pace. I remember watching us uh, lose 3-0 to Real Madrid in the Champions League a few years back and the way that they just pass it round, pass it round and then all of a sudden they'd spring forwards and score a goal that's what this Liverpool side's got in its locker now and listen I don't want to spend too long on it we've done loads on the website on Watford um, loads of podcasts, loads of shows um, but we'll move on Andy Robertson apparently it's come out this week that he's knocked on Jurgen Klopp's door early on in the season. I think he'd only been involved in three matchday squads at the time and you know he had a little word with the manager and not like a why aren't I playing boss but it was more of a what can I do to get into this side? And did you read the article? How boss is Andy Robertson? Yeah, I, I felt a bit sorry for him at first because he came in at Palace. He got man of the match against Palace, didn't he? And then we didn't see him again. So there was obviously something, whether it's in training or on that in that game, but the manager just didn't like. And I wouldn't be at all surprised if he should have been told, you know what, mate, you you know you need to work on this, this, and this, and go back. And it's it's according to what he said when he knocked on the door. That's what he was told. The manager was open and honest and said, right. You need to learn how to do this, this, and this, and when when you're doing it, you'll get your chance. He got his chance through a, I don't know, a player getting injured, and he just grabbed it, and that's what you should do. You know, when you're battling for a place in a side, show no mercy. And mm. Steven Gerrard said this a while ago, didn't he? On interview, he said like, once I got my place in that Liverpool team, I wasn't giving it up, so I did whatever it takes. And and he got into, he might have got him through injuries, he might get him through a suspension, he might get in because someone's having a bad time or whatever. Once you're in, show no mercy, that other lad. And I know it, it's a team sport, and you you know you're all together. But ultimately, there's only 11 places up for grabs. There's only one left back on the pitch. Make sure it's you. And I'd, I'd be saying to Trent Alexander-Arnold and Joe Gomez to be doing the exact same. Get yourself in the side and make it impossible for the manager to leave you out. And that's what Robertson's done. You, you, you can't leave him out now. He's, he's playing too well. And that's all you can do as a player. And I just think for him to... He's only quite young, isn't he? He's yeah. come from a, you know, he's been playing for a pretty rubbish team. He's been on, on a team that's been getting hiding after hiding a couple of years last year. To walk into Liverpool, and like I say, he had a decent start. Then we went away, and he's, since he's come back into the side, 
It'd be unbelievable. He's, he's performing at a level now for Liverpool where I can't remember any left back performing at this level no. since I've been an adult, certainly. Yeah. And you think about it and you think, oh, well, who were the great left backs of, of the last, let's say, oh, 15, 20 years? And John Aaron Reese is the kind of the one that jumps out. Yeah. And was he actually that good? Nobody was solid. And, you know, he had those moments that you can talk about, that you can hang your hat on, those big goals and those wonder strikes and stuff like that. But Andy Robertson is bringing more to the attack than I think any left-back's done for Liverpool over the last 15, 20 years. And he, he, I feel a little bit sorry for Moreno because I thought Moreno was brilliant this season, bar severe. But there's no way that you're putting Alberto Moreno back in now. And Robertson, as you say, he's, he's been ruthless. He's found that position. He's carved out a good working relationship with Mane and with the other centre midfielder, be that Milner, be that Chan, be that Wijnaldum. Whoever's in there, he seems to have a great understanding with them. And Mane's role slightly evolved so that he's playing a little bit more central. The two of them on that wing now are looking like that's one of the strengths of this Liverpool side. And we've not. I don't. I wouldn't say he's been massively tested, but he's had those games against Everton and against Manchester City where you can hang your hat on it and go, you know what? When he's been tasked to defend, he's been really good at that side of the game as well, hasn't he? Even United, I thought he played. He was pretty good at Old Trafford in a defensive role. He, I was at the Wofford game where I was sitting. I was quite close in the. Kenny Dagley stand is called now in Los Centenary. And by the end of the game, he was literally playing like up front on the left. He was almost doing what Manny does. And that, and it, James Milner was covering for him. And I you, I was that close, I could hear them shouting at each other. And basically Milner said to him, going, you know what, I've got you. Literally said, I've got you. And he was just pushing Robertson like right up the pitch. And that's the that's what he can, he can offer you because he's got the pace to get back. So his starting position can be well, well higher. Because if we lose the ball in the field... And to be fair, Moreno can do this as well. Yeah. They're both they're both lightning quick and they can both get back. Trent to an extent could do it. Joe Gomez, I don't think, could do that yet. So the balance he offers the side, he's, he's almost playing two roles at once. He's playing left-back and he's our left-wing slash midfielder because Sadio Mane is a de facto number 10 almost now. Mm. He's the way, you know, he, him and Mo Salah are wingers, but they're, not, they're almost always in between the penalty area. They're always in between the sticks where they should be in terms of this system. His, it's, a, it's a thankless job he's got. But he does it really, really well, and I agree. He's got good, his character looks spot on. You know the thing about him. You know he sends a kid. A, he notices a kid doing stuff for a food bank and congratulates him. I met him after the Palace game. Seemed like he had a you know good head on his shoulders, good lad. I just think, I think we found one. I yeah. think he's one, another one where you can think, you know what, we found one. It's how I thought after six months of an final client to an extent. It's like that's boxed off now. That's fine. Forget about you, that you, for a few years. Your full backs, you never want to worry about your full backs. You just want to you want to plug in and you want them to play. Steve Finnan was a good example. Just, Perfect, just, yeah. just pick him at right back and we'll be fine. Early Glenn Johnson was like that until it went wrong, so hopefully it doesn't go out that way. But you don't want to be worrying about your full backs, you just want them on the pitch playing well, and that's what he's done. And the fact that the copper singing his name every week is gonna help him massively. Absolutely, yeah. So we're gonna move on then. We've got a little bit of transfer news and, and one of the things that I read on Read Liverpool actually your site is that Liverpool want Ndidi. Uh, can you shed some light on this one for us? Yeah, apparently the it was a journalist in France, actually he was the guy who broke the navigator stuff. Um I I wasn't that aware of him, but I did some digging with a few people and they said, like, you know, he is reliable. Um, a few a few people who do in the journalism world asked a few questions of they hadn't heard this themselves but he said like that guy's usually good in terms of his connections with the agents and stuff um, who often represent French and African players so that could be a positive he just said Liverpool are after him they've been in talks with him again we scouted them all season long haven't we yeah they said they've, they've literally been at like every pretty much every Leicester game watching him or I mean I there was a lot of talk, wasn't there, when Lippi were at Leicester maybe they were looking nice. at Mares, but obviously it, it turns out that uh, maybe they were watching this lad I see, I see the logic behind it again. First of all, he's African. <laughs> That's a thing. That we're, you know, why not? And before anyone loses this shit, 
they've moved the tournament to the summer and yeah. we're absolutely fine to go after African and, players. And, and that's a big thing for African players, I think, as well. That's <laughs> one less reason to put you off buying an African players, like you're going to have them all the whole season. Um, I still think it looks, I know he hasn't made this decision on his future, but it looks like Emery Chan's going to go. Henderson's injury is just mean that you can't rely on him to play 30, 40, 50 games. You need another number six. It just is this the type of number six that you'd like to see Liverpool sign, or would you like someone a bit more like Jorginho, who who has the ability to play a few more passes? If I was picking a team, I'd want a Jorginho type player, just because I, I think you still need to be a bit more creative. But I haven't seen, and Diddy's not really tasked with doing that, Leicester, so maybe he, he can do that role better. Maybe obviously the scouts and stuff. I do think he's a bit underrated on that side of the ball. First and foremost, I think he is a destroyer. You can see yeah. he's top of those tackling stats and those interceptions. He's very good at and stuff like that. But like you say there, mate, I, I think he has got a little bit more. Whether he's at the level where he can move the ball quickly enough for this Liverpool side, I'd question that maybe. You know, Henderson on a good day is very good at moving the ball quickly and, and, and where he wants the team to play down. If he sees yeah. a gap, if someone's slightly out of position, he'll move the team that way. I think that comes with experience as well. You know, indeed, he's, I think he's 21 now, isn't yeah. he? So, you know, a few more games. But the fact is, he's come into this Leicester side. He's taken Kante's position. He's kind of made it his own. And they're big shoes to fill in the former, you know, Premier League winners. Um, Premier League winning side, so it's a difficult one for Ndidi, but I think he can make the step up. I'm not sort of seeing him as a 40-50 game a season player for Liverpool. I'm seeing him as like a 20-25 for those big games. Like, like Manchester City away would be a good game for somebody like that to come in and just try and solidify your team. And I just wonder whether this Liverpool side is going to sort of evolve into into the Manchester City type side that Guardiola's building. And what I mean by that, Steve, is that for me, the one thing that City have done better than even Wenger, and Wenger's tried this, when Wenger's Invincibles were around, they had two really great sort of defensive-minded midfielders. You think of Petit, you think of Vieira, you think of uh, the Brazilian lad. Gilberto. Won, Gilberto. And, you know, there was always someone alongside them, and they were able to play with one creative midfielder who could join the attack. What Manchester City have been able to do this season is play one guy who wasn't really a defensive midfielder, he was box-to-box from Fernandinho, and playing two, essentially, what you would consider number 10s yeah. in the Bruyne and Silva, and that, I think, changed the landscape of, of, of English football. And I think he would give us that option, whereby if we've got someone who's a bit more defensive, we could play, play two more attacking midfielders, whereas the way it is now, I feel like, because Henderson's not really a DM, we need that other box-to-box guy to allow us to have the one attacking guy, whereas we might be able to go in Didi to really attacking players. Yeah, it all makes sense. and I can see the logic in getting him. He is someone we haven't got anyone... We haven't really got anyone like that. He he's most reminds me a bit like Jeannie Wijnaldum. Mm-hmm. That he kind of reminds me of that role. Now, he's, he's a bit more physical and stuff, but he's more defensive-minded than Wijnaldum. He doesn't really get in the box that much, although he has scored some good goals for Leicester. You know, he's got a thunderbolt shot on him, which is always a positive. If it was me, I'd prefer a Jorginho, but... You know, there's a lot of and he, he he would seem to fit a little bit more. Jorginho, it's just better that a better Henderson than you know, and a, a more reliable version of Jordan Henderson. He does everything Henderson does. That like sort of deep lying playmaker role. Exactly, yeah. He, he's more, but it's a more offensive. Listen, you could buy both. Mm-hmm. You could easily buy both of them. And Got the money. Yeah, the money, yeah, absolutely. It's there to spend. If Emery Chan's going, you could you, if you bought those two, and you start maybe phasing James Milner, that, which might maybe a bit unfair because he's played well. But then you could have, so you could have Henderson, if he's, obviously he'd be, still be there, and Diddy, and Naby Keita, Jorginho, Oxley chamberlain Wijnaldum. Lallana. A bit, of, a bit, I mean, it's hard to rely on him, a bit of Lallana, maybe a bit of Milner, there's options there for you to have. 
this is what what you want. You want to be able to lose two players and not be absolutely on your ass dead. You know, in terms of your squad. Mm-hmm. So we wouldn't. Be, I don't think he'd buy two. I think it'd be one or the other. And to be honest, I think it's more likely to be Indeedy than it is Jorginho. He's a good player. I'd, I'd have no issue with it. You know, there's links to to Corey at Watford, who I think is a good player. He didn't look particularly great at the weekend, but he is. I think he's good. I, I can see the logic in in Klopp maybe thinking if. Jordan can't play, and it because we're getting Naby Keita, who's very offensive minded. Maybe we de- do need someone who's a bit more like what you said. If Ke- say for example, if it's going to be Keita and say Chamberlain, then you probably do need someone who's a bit more defensively minded than Henderson. So it, it would make sense. Okay, uh, right. Big topic of the day: Liverpool drawn against Manchester City in the Champions League quarter final. Uh, first game to be played April the fourth at Anfield. Uh, following that is the tenth of April at the Etihad. Um, I was really scared for this draw. I was really hoping that we wouldn't get Manchester City. I think anyone who watches the live show that we did on YouTube will know that. How are you feeling about this thing? I'm with you. It was the one I, I ranked them all beforehand, one to seven. In terms of who you want, one is who you want, and seven is who you least want, and City were seventh. Um, so it's the worst possible draw, I think. I have a feeling, and there's been some talk that you know Liverpool always like to have the away legs second, and mm. I, I, I do understand that in some cases. I think these are the only ones I'm happy with it being first. Why is that? I think we we would lose. We could we could lose heavily at the Etihad, and it wouldn't. You know, we, you could play well and get be three nil, and the tie is pretty much gone. Get them to Anfield and see what happens, and, and get them in get in front of our fans with our atmosphere. With us, you know, we know what it's like. They've never experienced. They won't have experienced anything like this. What they're going to face at Anfield, and just see. If, right, I think it affected them in the league game when we scored our second in the league game. They felt a bit. And we got two more very, very quickly, didn't we? So it can happen again. I think they could intimidate. Secondly, the return, like if the Etihad's not going to be intense. Mm. There's not going to be a great atmosphere. It just isn't. That's not, that's not what it is. And if it's a tight contest and it go, you know, the away goals in the second leg might be worth beneficial to us, especially if we can go there with a lead and make them come at us and just try and hit them on the counter. Listen, they're great. And they could come down for them and snot us because they are that good. Mm. And vice versa, we could give them a game. So, I think in this case, I think having the home leg at first gives, us, gives a, a much, much better I mean, chance. You first told me about that, I think it was Saturday when we were going to the Watford game, and I'd not considered it at the time, and I thought, I was thinking, oh, no, I don't like that. And the more I've sort of dwelt on it and stuff, the more I realised, I, th- I agree with you, I think it's a, it's a great point. And this Liverpool side, for me, is, is, is built for those away legs in the Champions League. That's why I'm so gutted at City, to be honest, I think. You know, ultimately, I do think they're a better side than us right now, and I think a, a two-legged affair always favours the better side. Yeah. Um, you can have those anomalies, of course. You know, we've had we had that run in two thousand five where we knocked out better sides than us. But I think over the course of it, it's just much easier to be sides that you're better than. Um, for me, there's been loads in the news in the last day. It's it's as we're filming now. Um, the Daily Mail picked it up. Bleacher Report picked it up. Sport Bible have picked it up. This coach welcoming and all that type of stuff and they're trying to make it out into a little bit more than what it actually is and maybe the wording on the poster was a little bit wrong and that you know it's kind of encouraging the pyro and the beers and all that type of stuff really what it's about at the core though it's about welcoming this team and making a hostile atmosphere for Manchester City we saw when it we would when we were t- vying for the league in 2013-14 that they shit themselves coming to Anfield we saw it in the league early in the season when the am- atmosphere gets good that we can we can pile on the pressure that's what this is all about i think it's been blown out of proportion you know the daily mail did something um two years ago 
on the Dortmund stuff about how great it was that Liverpool fans were creating this atmosphere. Now it's being built in a completely different way. It's like watching politics unfold from a from a right wing newspaper all over again. They just when when May does it, it sounds. When Corbyn did it five years ago, it's the worst thing that you've ever seen in your life. And that's what they're doing with this. And it's ridiculous. It's about creating an atmosphere at Anfield. It's about making it good for our team and bad for their team. Which is the whole point of having a leg at each place. Do you know what I mean? This Liverpool side and us as Liverpool fans need to go out there, do it completely legally, go out there and make Manchester City shit themselves. On paper, they're a better side than us. Yeah, but they, they haven't got the fan base. Yeah, they've got, arguably, you know, you've made a, you've got better players at a lot of positions, not all of them, but in some of them, especially. The, you know, they, look at the look at the league table. The league table never lies. Look at the results they've had. Look at what they've done. So we need to do something that either pushes us up to their level or brings them a little bit down to our level. And that's all that is. And I'm with you. The coach welcomes, I've been to plenty of them, you know, Chelsea, City. Yeah, Real, Dortmund, we've had them for years. Been to them all, never seen any problems. I've seen the odd knobhead maybe, you know, jump in front of a coach and get old, shift it, soft lad. But nothing, you know, I've seen, like, for example, when United turned up at West Ham a few years ago when you got bricks and penalties yeah, and stuff. The last game, was it? Yeah, you, 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 don't, you don't need none of that. That's just stupid and it, it's just bad press. And obviously West Ham fans are getting bad press at the minute, rightly or wrongly, but we don't need to do that. It's more with this is what usual war, you know, well lads, this you're driving down the street, this is what you're coming into. And by the way, there's gonna be like fifty or thousand of us lot in here now. Are you ready for it? And that's all it is. And conversely, when the Liverpool coach comes down, it's just giving them the you know, we're behind you, this is what it is, this is what it means to us, all that kind of stuff. And I've heard players in the past, you know, put videos on social media and stuff and say how, how amazing it is. Manchester United absolutely crap themselves. Yeah. You know, there was those videos going around where they're all essentially hugging the floor, aren't they? Which again, I, I don't you don't want you don't want people, you know, smashing the coach. No, you don't. But it doesn't need to be. And you know, the whole I understand, you know, the there's talk about, you know, you shouldn't bring pyro to football grounds and stuff. Well, yeah, in the ground maybe. I'm I'm kind of rigid. I'm not a big fan of it in the ground. Like, it looks boss, but i I've been involved in it and it's not particularly pleasant, I don't think. Outside the ground, it's kind of like it's it, it's like well, if the as long as everyone's safe and the, listen, yeah. the police will be involved. If the police want like to, like, if the police want to stop them doing it, then by then they're well within the rights. But they're not going to be able to stop us singing, and they're not going to be able to stop us waving our flags and, and singing. And that's what it is, yeah. Yeah, and and you know, if we can get to the King Harry Pub at five thirty, and the game doesn't kick off till quarter to eight, that atmosphere travels into the stadium as the fans all walk in there. You get in there, and the songs are going thirty minutes before the game. Manchester City are getting dressed. Um, you know, putting the shorts on and the boots on and all that in the dressing room, and they can hear Anfield, and that is the thing that they it starts running through their mind, and they're starting to think about it, and they think about it, like bloody hell, it's loud now, it's thirty minutes before kickoff, what's it going to be like? And that's what gets into their head. And then when Manchester City get the ball and we start hissing and booing, they don't know what hit them. No team can deal with that. Anfield on a European night is absolutely special. It's talked about as heralded as special for a reason because we've made these things happen before. We'll continue to make them, and we can do it in a safe environment and we can show everybody that not only have we got one of the best football teams in the country but we're still the best fan base in the country yeah and where do you mean as I say everyone as long as it's all sound safe but you know don't, don't do nothing stupid go there make as much noise as you can boo them to death every time they touch the ball boo hiss I don't care do anything reminiscent of Chelsea 05 that, that season yeah. it's, kind, that's, it's kind of that I think we're a better team now than that Liverpool side was but I think City are as good as that Chelsea side was that Chelsea side had just won the league as a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. 
LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, like 30 odd points ahead of us anyway. So th- there's a gap to bridge. It, I, again, I, I think it's a smaller gap. I think we're a better side than that. But by all means, if you can, if you can knock their performance off 2%, or you can raise our performance by two, three percent. It's well worth doing it. And like I say, as long as everyone, no one, you know, messes about, then by all means, I, I don't see the problem. You know, it's, it's being whipped up into a, a frenzy for nothing, and there's going to be all eyes. And now there's going to be extra attention on it, which you know we've been doing this for a while now in big games, so I don't see the, the big issue. Just that, like I say, the national press have kind of got hold of it a bit and are running with it. City apparently have had a little word about a complaint. Um, the police already know about it. You, yeah. The police have been there at every single yeah. one. Who do you think makes the space for the coach to come down? Yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? Uh, if I'm Pep Guardiola, I'm a City player, I would be furious about my team making that complaint. I'd be yeah. absolutely furious. It just does not... It reflects on news. Uh, um, the, what's the politically correct way of saying this? It makes you look a bit weak hmm. as a football club. You know what I mean? It, it, and a bit of a glass. And a, Yeah, a bit of a snitch, a bit of a glass, and a, a bit of a wetty, you know what I mean? Like it, it does, doesn't it? It doesn't bowl well. It makes you look like, oh, you know, fun police snitches and that. And, if, and it's going to make it worse. I'm telling, yeah. you, I'm telling you now. More, if now, we, now there's people who know that that's going to affect them. There's going to be more people there. Yeah, good. So, so That's what of, we want. We yeah. want to create that atmosphere. We want to make it happy. We want you to feel uncomfortable. Yeah. The complaint's just proven that it's going to work. I hope so. We have fingers crossed. Okay. We? So we're going to talk about Mo Salah and the fact that Liverpool will not sell Mo Salah after um, this little shameless plug for my stats and tactics show on the RedmenTV.com. This is against Watford here. You can see that, and you can see that central area that I talk about. We just looked at the Manchester United one. This is against Arsenal when we beat them 4-0, and he's very much the left winger in this game, and very, very different to these two, aren't they? Isn't that interesting that he's playing the same position, yet his heat map's completely different? This is against Southampton. These are both pre-Christmas games when he wasn't in great form, as it were. You know, coming out of it, 
out of Christmas and, and, and into January, February, March, he's been in much better form. And I just think that he's found himself a little niche in this side where he, A, he can find space on the field, but B, he can affect games a little bit more. And, you know, he's not doing all of his work out on the wing. He's able to get inside. He's able to, you know hit that space that Firmino might vacate. He's able to take shots on, but he's also able to create chances. And here's one on the right-hand side here. This is Phil Coutinho's heat map against Swansea in what would you say is first or... It's either his best game this season for us or his second best. I think Brighton was probably his best, as, as I mentioned before. But Swansea, you know, he had an absolutely brilliant day. I think we beat them 5-0 in Anfield. And isn't it interesting that it's the same style heat map? against Swansea as the new Sadio Mane role. Just let that sink in. I thought that was really cool. I think that's really interesting. And again, if you compare it to what Sadio was doing in that left wing position versus Arsenal versus Southampton, it's a real big difference, isn't it? And I just wonder whether there's a slight tinker in the formation, a slight tinker of the tactics by Jürgen and Sadio and everybody else because of the emergence of Robertson and the attacking threat that he's been that's actually enabled Mane to play a little bit more central and find those pockets of space that I think he loves. So, yeah, we hinted at it earlier in the show. That's a little bit of proof that it has changed over the, over the course of this season. But we're going to talk about another guy who's, who's, who's lit the league up this season. It's Mo Salah. Um, Chris Baskin wrote an article late Monday, 10.30 came out on Monday, because that's when the news comes out nowadays, um, that Liverpool will not sell Mo Salah this summer. Ominous words there? Uh, no, I think it's positive words. To be fair to FSG, they said this for Coutinho, well, and they kind of stuck to the words, they just changed the mind a bit later. Months, yeah, a bit later. Um, I think Glenn Price from ESPN reports there mm -hmm. as well, there's no release clause in the contract, which is you know an absolute worldy. What what everything that was said in Chris Bascom's article, and I, I encourage people to go and read it if they didn't. Was yeah, it's what, on the Telegraph, by the way. Which is which is what how big clubs act. You know, we're not selling you. Go away. We're not selling him. He's under contract for four or five years, maybe four years this summer. We we want to be what yous are now, and we're not going to get there by selling our best players. The the only thing is, the proof will be in the pudding because this has been said before. It's been said before, and then players have gone. So I can understand people being wary about it and anxious about it. It's just a bit sad that you know when a player gets so good, that automatically he's linked away with a move on Liverpool. That's and not sad. That's not sad for me. It's not. No, it's not. Sorry, it's not sad that he's that good. It's sad that people automatically think, well, he's off. Yeah. What would you rather have those things? Would you rather have your your best players not being wanted by the Madrids and Barcelonas of this world? No. Would you rather Barnett want them because it means that they're <laughs> crap? Do you know what I mean? No, okay, or yeah. would you rather want Real Madrid and Barcelona to be sniffing and us having to put our hands out and going, no, we're not going to sell him? No, that's it. That's that's right. The issue isn't where the issue is. Well, Liverpool might say yeah. For example, if Barcelona Real Madrid wanted Kevin De Bruyne, mm. no, you wouldn't even you wouldn't even consider that might happen. You wouldn't. No one's going. No, not happening. Whatever. But we've got. That's we it. Need, we've got. So a, we, we, we've, exactly. We've we need got to, a history of, of selling those players. That's the problem. Yes, exactly. Is this the man where we go? No, yes. we're all in on Mo Salah because he's going to take us to a title and to a European Cup or something. Yeah, it should be. And I think it wouldn't be that long before Bobby Firmino's being linked with teams as well. You know. Because he's that good, these players are that good now. And listen, if a team needs a left back, eventually Andy Robertson might be the left back they go after. You know, there's tons and tons that could happen. It needs to, to sell. I've said it in the summer with Coutinho in the winter. Sorry, it needs to stop. And listen, we've done all right without Coutinho, hmm. but it's still never a good idea to sell your best players at any stage ever. Just you just don't do it unless like you think they're like a bit of an idiot or whatever. You, it's got to stop. And I agree. I agree. I'm, I believe. I believe it. Maybe I'm naive, and maybe I'll be you know once bitten twice shy and all that. But I. 
do think that they're going to keep him for a, a while at least. It might be a couple of seasons, three, whatever. Why on earth would you let this player go? You can't. You, 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 you just can't. can't. You, if, if we let him go, it's a travesty. Yeah, it's absolutely it's, travesty. It's, but they're trying to build, like, listen, loads of, loads of talk about FSG, Steve. FSG are building Liverpool into something, aren't they? You know what I mean? And I think everybody can see that now that they've got a plan and it's not only the commercial side of the business, but it's also the football side. And the value of Liverpool Football Club is soaring and soaring and soaring and, and Mo Salah's helping that, you know. You know, we're getting a big influx of, of Arabic speaking fans because of Mo Salah, but also, you know, in the wider sense he's doing great things for for the community and, and not only that for for Muslim for the Muslim community, there's a bit more, I think, acceptance and I don't think that's right that it should take a footballer to do that. But it, it that's the way of the world now and Liverpool have to keep hold of him. Liverpool will keep hold of him uh, certainly this summer because ultimately I think he's irreplaceable right now. I think he's top three in the world right now. Yes. That's how good Mo Salah's playing. Like, listen, if you talk about the story back history of a player and stuff like that, you got Cristiano Ronaldo, you got Messi, and he comes nowhere near them. But he's 25 years old, and this is his breakout season. You know what I mean? And if he does this for another two, three years, and there's no, and there's no team in the league that can stop him, so there's no way you'd think, oh, well, any, anyone's going to stop him. It's not. We just need to keep hold of him. We need to make sure that he is the guy that we say no because now we're in the quarterfinals of the Champions League. It's the first time we've been here since Rafa Benitez was our manager. Now we're in a better position as a club to turn around to people and go, no, we're not selling. We're not selling our best players. They can achieve what they want here at this club now, today, tomorrow. Yeah, um, absolutely, yeah. There's just you can't, you can't just. There's no justification for even if he what's even if he fancies a move now. No, just not go, mate. I, I, he doesn't come across like he would. If I, if I, from his point of view, again, the draw of Real Madrid and Barcelona was always huge. Yeah. You can understand it. Liverpool needs to make it worth his while for him to stay. Pay him what he needs to be paid. Give him the assurance he needs to be assured. And win things. How do you keep good players happy? Give them loads of money and give them medals. Yeah. It's, it's that simple. And Barcelona and Real Madrid can do that to them and for them. Man City have been doing that for players and that's why, you know, people people were happy to go and sit on Manchester City's bench. Good top players around, you know, Bernardo Silva is a top player. He could play for most teams around Europe. He's happy to be a bit part player because he's going to win league titles. He's in the European Cup quarter final and he's on a big load of cash. So if we want to be a big club, that's how you act like a big club. You do it. The money's there now. You know, we mentioned before, financially they're stable. By all accounts, they are offering big wages out. You know, Virgil van Dijk's on one of the most you know, record for FIFA defender. He's on nearly two hundred grand a week or whatever. That's how you do it. Keep again, keep them happy. Pay them what they need to be paid. You can pay them whatever you want, and you justify it. You know, it means nothing to, to anyone. The money's there. Spend it, and ultimately try and win stuff. So, and if it's not this year, make sure you win and stuff next year. If you're winning stuff and the pockets are filled, the players will That's be it. players when will be happy. It doesn't look. It doesn't feel at the moment before we move on. Like Liverpool used to have to sell a vision for what Liverpool's yeah. going to be. Yeah. I think every player now can look at it and go, okay, Klopp's nearly there and I could be the final piece in this jigsaw. And you're not selling a team in transition anymore. You're selling almost a finished finished article. And if we keep improving the way we are, there's going to be more players who want to play for Jürgen Klopp on this Liverpool side. Absolutely. Uh, so before we move on to your questions, uh, another shameless plug, apologies. But if you enjoy podcasts, right, we're doing 20 a month now on the RedmenTV.com. It's £5 a month. First month's free. Now's a great time. We've got loads and loads of post-match, pre-match content. Uh, um, yeah, it's a it's a really good time to support us. If you can, do it. If you can't, don't. But thank you. Enjoy the free stuff. So, Aidan Brannock, describe your perfect burger and then a burger emoji. I obviously. mean, as questions go, this is right down my alley, isn't it? I mean, I'm a, I'm a big fan of burgers. As anyone who's watching the video show can, can probably attest at the minute. Yeah, we're, not, we're on YouTube. Yeah, but, pro- probably, probably... 
all bought and paid for yeah, that lads yeah if anything there's too much of it at the moment I've got a Christian suit to fit into in a, in a few months now I'm trying to lose weight anyway, as I've been moaning about it all day as I mean eating grapes and, and stuff um, perfect burger he's been right. eating grapes and then going downstairs for chocolate biscuits on his own he's been he's been shame eating downstairs no there's def- definitely no biscuits to th- I, I would love a biscuit but it's fine um, <laughs> perfect burger it's got to have bacon on it yeah it's got to have cheese on it yeah I quite like a jalapeno on my burgers. Yeah. I, like, I go for a bit of spice. So a bit of spicy salsa, a bit of jalapeno, a bit of cheese, a bit of bacon. Two two patties. I want two patties on there. I want a toasted bun. Fuck's sakes. And then and I want I want sesame seed bun as well. Okay. That's, That's fine. Okay. Yeah. So it's two all beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, and a sesame <laughs> seed bun. Okay. AKA the Big Mac. You basically yeah, you've got for the Big Mac. No, I, but you know, that that's an advert from the seventies for McDonald's. Um you can tell I like a McDonald's. Um, so, it's a toasted bun. Yeah, I prefer a little bit of brioche. I like that sweetness. Ooh. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, right. I toast one side of the bun, and I think this is really important. I only toast the inside because you don't want the sauce leaking into your bread. Yeah. Whereas if you toast it, you get a nice little char, and it comes a little bit of a, a you know, a tough surface, and they, they can't, it can't yeah. impregnate your bun, basically. <laughs> so I'm going uh, one bun, yeah. brioche, well done. sweetened, toasted on the inside. Yeah, would you? Mayo. No, I'm out. Yeah. One thin beef patty, cooked high heat, flipped both sides, nice and pink in the middle. Okay. Cheese, American cheese, and I'm sorry, it's American yeah. cheese on a burger, right? All day, all day, baby. Then I'm throwing some crisp bacon in, and how I cook my bacon for a burger is I get a tray, deep Deep tray, heavy tray. It's got to be heavy because you want your bacon to be crisp. Put some bacon parchment down on there. Line your crispy bacon up. Your streaky bacon. Sorry, smoked, of course. Obviously, I mean, everybody knows it's not bacon. Then throw some more bacon. Then throw some more bacon parchment on and another heavy bottom tray on top of that. Throw that in the oven, right? And this this is the weird thing, right? So start the oven off. Just put it in. Don't heat your oven up. Turning up to gas mark seven, and as that heats up, it'll come out. And when you lift that thing up, it's crisp American style. You can wave it around and it doesn't flop or anything like that, right? Get that on top of the I cheese. I have that issue so much. Get that on the cheese. I know. Get that. <laughs> get that on the cheese get another fucking burger on there yeah. do the same high heat bang bang cheese more bacon yeah absolutely sound with this then I'm throwing lettuce then I'm throwing gherkins then I'm throwing the jalapenos on just like you little bit of red onion and I prefer my red onion fried burgers are a pain in the arse for me by the way I don't cook them very often because I'm very very particular about it then I'm throwing ketchup on and then I'm throwing um Oh, what's the yellow squirty mustard, the American mustard, burger, burger mustard, yeah? Mustard, yeah? And then the other side of your toasted bun. That's called a Chrissy Mac. It's amazing. Yeah. You should get one. <laughs> it's the best thing ever. Spent far too much time on burgers. So I'm CP Pocky, <laughs> CP Pocky, we're definitely going to Mackey's after this. <laughs> CP Pocky says uh, on on our Facebook group, actually, for subra- subscribers, Timo Werner, Indeedy, Alison Draxler. Do you think all the above could be realistically signed in the summer or are we asking too much? Prioritise these. First to fourth, who you'd sign and why? Okay, question, question one. Question again. Uh, question one, yeah, I'm halfway through it already. Um, realistically, I could, want a burger, man. <laughs> could we sign all those? Um, we could. I, I, I could see Will us, we? No, I, I could see us. I could see us. You could see goalie midfielder and maybe one forward. I couldn't see Werner and Draxler, for example. Mm-hmm. It, whether it's those players or those positions, I could see one. I couldn't see two. In terms of ranking them, I've gone Allison one. Werner two, Draxler three, and Didi four. Is how I rank them. Um, I'm, again, goalies. I'm, 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 Carius has been very good, and I can't, I can't argue with that. I think Allison's got the ability to be one of the best in the world, so you can get him. 
if the price is right, get them. Again, 70 million, 80 million quid is a lot. So you can see why that would put them off. Um, Werner too, I think we we are we are on the edge of a cliff with Roberto Firmino mm. in terms of we are you know he's playing every game he's he, he's so vital to the squad and the drop off at the minute between Ings and Solanke is just too big and I like I've quite liked what I've seen in cameos from Danny Ings but the the, the proof there Werner will allow you to play him he can play front he offers you the chance he can play wide if needs be as well so you can give the other two a rest and he can also be a and I'm, I'm uh, a proper nine. If mm-hmm. you need, if you decide that there's a game where you might need to play a proper number nine, and you don't need the running around stuff that Firmino offers you, which Werner can do as well. I've gone for Draxler three. Same reason. I think we are short of a wide forward. Um, and and again, he can do. The, he can be a ten or he can be a wide forward. So he can get his games. I just think we're, we're gambling on Mane and Salah a bit too much. The the, op, the backups are genuine backup options. There's a big drop off again. And DD4, again, I like him, I think he's good, but I think we could cope with our midfield that we're going to have. Even if Chan does leave, I think it, it might mean that someone else has got to play a bit more six, whether it be Milner or Wijnaldum, wouldn't be ideal. But I think that would be, I think we'd get by a bit better than we could with the others. Okay, so for me, I'd go Werner 1, Ndidi 2, Alisson 3, Draxler 4. And I've got more positions than players. I yep. think if Werner's available, go and get him, just for the sake of it. I like to collect things and to collect him. Uh, Ndidi, because I think we do need a defensive midfielder. Alisson... I've said this a couple of times over the last couple of weeks. I think Carrius is playing really well at the moment. I think you keep your options open on your keeper and you make a decision at the end of the season. Keep your options open. Carrius might be the guy if Allison is the guy. If Carrius isn't, go and get Allison. Yep. Uh, and Draxler, yeah, he's a player that I like, but I just prefer Werner. Uh, okay, so Ivan Drazanich. What do you think of Manchester City supposedly contacting authorities, bedwetters? Rishab Singh, favourite non football fo- books. Okay. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, oh, do you want me to go first? No, I've got one. My, my favourite book of all time, I don't know how this is going to shine me in light. The Bible? Uh, no. I've, oh. I've never, I've, I've never read it. Not, what about the children's Bible? Possibly. Decent stories. Possibly, but no. Um, not sure they're all true, though. I mean, I, I'd, I'd guess not. But, I mean, let's save that for the Redman Atheist podcast. Um, I've gone for I've gone for To Kill a Mockingbird. It's my favourite book. Okay. I like To Kill a Mockingbird. Okay. I mean, uh, is this a, a real life thing or is it just a book? I don't like killing mockingbirds. Okay, that, that, that's like sign of a psychopath. <laughs> I mean, the actual book. It's my favorite. It's probably my favorite favorite book. So yeah, I've gone for that. Um, it deals with. I didn't have you as a killer mockingbird no, kind of guy. I've not? never read it, so I don't know what's about. Uh, it deals with like race issues, inequality across the board. So whether it's sexism, racism, kind of like Twitter, classism. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit like Twitter. A little bit like except that, yeah. they promote it at the same time. A little bit, yeah, not the best. Um, going completely the other way. At the minute, obviously, young kid bedtime stories. Um, my kids into the the skeletons book. You know the big skeleton, little skeleton, dog skeleton. Yes. Top. Funny bones. Loves it. Funny oh, bones. Yeah. Our Steve, my brother, who's thirty years old, had that book, and yeah. I I read it to Robin. Yeah, L- L- Lucas. He's not very happy that it's a book. <laughs> Lucas loves it. So for, on the other end of the spectrum, I liked the. Uh, and you get to have a little sing song in the middle. So you read your story, read your story, the, you know, the dog falls a bit, so next minute you get to have a little sing-song when you put them back together. Okay, so kids' stories, we're going on a bear, oh. we're going to catch a big one, yeah. what a beautiful day, I'm not scared. Does, anyone anyone with kids, <laughs> anyone out there just sitting there just strangling, I hate that, <laughs> I, I, I hate that, but, and, the, and the stupid tab, 
Yeah. Always rips. I've ripped about four of those things off to sell a tape together and everything you later. Yeah, okay. So my favourite books, I'm, I'm into sci-fi, so Star Wars, before all the new books. I read about 40 years past the films, a ridiculous amount of time, and they've got rid of it all. Really annoyed, can't <laughs> pick up the new books, but the Throne trilogy is the best one. Oh, I think it's a duo. Um, His Dark Materials, my kid's named after the character in His Dark Materials. Lyra from Philip, Philip Pullman. The Lord of the Rings is... is Far and away, my favourite book, books, and it has been for such a long time. Howard Marks, Mr. Nice, uh, it ranks up there as well. Um, about a guy who just go and read it, just Google him. He, he, you know, he died recently, but he was a drug dealer from Wales. Um, he, he was one of the biggest drug dealers in the world. He ended up working for MI5 and all this. It's a true story. It's his book, like, it's absolutely incredible. So, there's some of my non I tend to go books. classic, yeah, I can tell. Mockingbird, Taylor Two Cities, Funny Bones. Funny bones, yeah. Instant um, hungry caterpillar. Hungry caterpillar. Yeah, that's on the shelf. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, I tend to go for the the, the classics. I'm not a big sci-fi, or I'm definitely not a fantasy person. You know, like Lord yeah. of the Rings and all that. Not for me. I mean, we know all about your sex life in the Redmen TV <laughs> office, so we knew you weren't a fantasy kind of a guy. I'm not going to mention any more than that, Steve. So you sound. Thanks. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> So at Liam Cole, 60, 70, 70, 83, 92. Do, do you have to remember that? I imagine, like... He's American, that's his house number. I, I just don't remember, like, my password for stuff. He's, I'm halfway through his username, and I've, I've, I've forgotten that. You know when it says forget password? He's got to press forget username first. <laughs> Recycle his username to get his password, and that's a big one, that Liam. Calm it down a bit. Aye, aye. No one's ever said that to me. Hey, the front three this season... That's because your name's and because I don't know. <laughs> the front three this season has blown our minds and we've gave them loads of credit. But do you think other individuals deserve the same credit? E.G. Chan, Robertson, even Hendo at times when he's played, says Liam, call 60, 70, 70, 83, 92. Um, 60, 70, 70, 83, 92. Uh, it's a lot of numbers. Um, same credit, no, because I think the job of those other players is to facilitate those front three. The, the whole team is built to get the ball to those three and let them wreak havoc. Um, but if people play well, by all means, of course, give them credit. Listen, no one's having a season like Mo Salah, so he's obviously going to get the credit he scored every single goal. Um, the one player I think deserves it as much as those three at the moment, I think Van Dijk is exceptional mm. in everything he does. He's, I think he's made you know, the mistake against Tottenham, which was dubious. I think it probably was a foul, people argue. But I think it, that I don't think that was a howler. I think Lamella was just a bit clever. I don't think he's I think he's been exceptional. And listen, we have a, lot, a few goals in since he got here. But I don't think they've all been his fault. They've either been absolute worldies or someone's made a mistake that he can't he just can't do anything about. I mean, what what can he do, for example, with the Lovren and, and Trent making a mess at Old Trafford? What could he do? You know, West Ham at home, what what's he gonna do about them goals and stuff when you know Antonio just runs and scores? I think Van Dijk's been exceptional. I think he deserves a lot of credit in our recent turnaround, but our team is organised as well, isn't he? Yeah, I mean I, I would say at Watford, again, as I mentioned earlier, I was right by the pitch. And second half, even though the crowd was good, you could I could hear them shouting, and he never shut up. Especially, I mean, I was on near the halfway line, so as we were in their half, and he was on the halfway line, he was screaming. That, especially at set pieces and stuff, you know, throw-ins, blah, blah, blah. He was mouth all the time. And what was impressive was everyone listened. So it'd just be, Sadio, right, or Hendo, left, and he'd just go. So th- he's obviously, you know, he, that's his job in the team, now to, to instruct them. Future captain? It possibly it doesn't, why does he need to make people people say this all the time you know he doesn't need an armband to make to make him any more vocal or less vocal he just is did Jamie Carragher need an armband to, to lead no he didn't he got it Good when you, you don't need you don't need a, a, an armband on your on your arm to say that I'm I'm gonna be vocal I think if Henderson leaves then yeah I think he's the ideal I think he's an ideal one but 
I think if Klopp, Ray Tenderson, like he does, which we all think he does, take stripping him of the captaincy, like some people say, I think that'll kill him. I think that's a massive blow. I think, you know, I think it affected Sammy Epe for a while when it, when Hule took it off him. But he took it off him more because he wanted to rein Gerard in. Mm. You know what I mean? And we haven't really got to, That would be a completely different situation. So I think he's exceptional. But like I say, the front three deserve all the credit because that's the heartbeat of our team. Man City now, they're happy to their team as their two number tens. Yeah. It's, it's the and the two wingers, so they're getting all the credit. Fernandinho's been great, but no one's talking about him. You know, I, Otamendi. That's what he'll want as well. Otamendi's had a very good season. No one's talking about him. You know, why would you? Kyle Walker has been great, but you don't. That, that's not their job. They know the score. The lads who get talked about in the best teams in the world are the lads who score the goals. You know, why Messi, Ronaldo are the best two players in the world. There have been at times... It's the hardest job in football. And there's been defenders who have been absolutely worldies. Look at the Ballon d'Or list, you know. The Cannavaro won it yeah. in 2006. Since it's always attackers, it's always forwards, because that's that's what that's what we're there for. So I, I, I agree that players do get credit, but what I would say is that no one's hit the levels in our team that Mo Salah's hit, so he deserves all the praise in the world. Yeah, I agree with that. But the, the one person that I'd single out, and you've not mentioned him actually, Liam, is Ian Klopp, I think... You know, when we when he bought Mo Salah, he's he's come out and said he has shaped this team around him, around his skill set, around his his elite sort of chance getting skills that he's got. And you look at it and you think to yourself, Mo Salah wasn't that player at Roma. Mo Salah was bought in probably as just a, a normal winger for Liverpool and he's kind of created a role within himself and Jürgen Klopp's reacted and changed the team around him. And I think that's incredible man management. I think that's incredible tactical management. He's accused of not being good tactically. Well, I'm sorry, he's getting the best out of some lad not scored 36 goals in a season before this season Rod just did it with Suarez and Sturridge you change your plans when you know what you've got I read the report or I heard this comments the other day when they said they signed Salah they saw what they had and they thought right we can do something with this let's change the plan the team was meant to be built around you know a bit of Firmino a bit of Mane a bit of Salah and they've gone actually no because this lad is like he's got something do it around him Rodgers hated I think I think he would have despised playing the the, the formation we ended up playing at a yeah. time because he it gave him very it, it wasn't balanced at all which you know storage sometimes on the right a bit of Suarez out there he wouldn't have wanted that but he had to get a system that fitted his players and it worked for Rodgers in that one year and Klopp's done the same thing again the system hasn't changed as much because I think he he always wanted four three three obviously we we saw that last year but but it's a different four three three last year it was four three three where. The wide players, Mane got chalk on his boots, didn't he? Mm, he was a proper mm. winger, and Coutinho was on the left doing bits. Now it's a four-three-three, but it's it's the most inside n- forwards it, almost. Really, really, really narrow with bomb with the width provided by your fullbacks. I'm not sure that's how he intended it to be when he when he put it all together. But he's reacted. He's, he saw this lad who's a superstar, and he's facilitated the team, and that's, how, that's exactly what he should do. Okay, there we go. Then that's the podcast for this week. But before we go, um, if you've enjoyed this, we, we, we've put it out on YouTube because everybody in the news show this morning asked us to drop a like on it, subscribe to the Redmen TV, and if you're into this long form stuff where we chat a little bit more in depth, but also keep the irreverent fun of Redmen TV in there, then do come over and subscribe to the RedmenTV.com. We do a lot of the long form stuff behind the website three, four, five shows a week sometimes and we really enjoy it thanks to everybody uh, who subscribes already, you know, without our paying Redmen TV subscribers, the YouTube channel wouldn't exist, uh, so thanks to everybody, thanks to Tom behind the camera of course and thanks to CO for joining me on his second ever Redmen TV podcast, the 50th that we've been doing in this run anyway, uh, I'll see you next time on the Redmen TV. That was very radio host, it was wasn't it?
end of the night. Goodbye. Walker. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.